Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. Welcome to another episode of the Tech Diversity Podcast. Today I'm joined by an amazing panel and we're here to discuss how can male leaders impact diversity and inclusion. Now this is a really important topic that I think is so relevant to the kind of times that we're living in at the moment um, and the topic of diversity and inclusion does affect a majority of businesses, of companies, of teams, regardless of their industry or their product. Um, so before we dig deeper into this topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. So to begin with, I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also what your passion is. Now, your passion can be inside the role you do, outside of work, something personal, um, whatever you think is is a passion of yours. So we'll start with Johan. All right. Thank you, Sophie. Uh, thank you for having me. My name is Johan Bolin. I am uh, the chief technology officer of a Spanish company called Agile Content. And Agile Content acquired uh, Edge, where, where I used to work prior to the acquisition as a CTO uh, then as well. Uh, I am today not only the CTO, I'm actually also the CMO, which is a very unusual combination to being the chief marketing officer and the chief technology officer. But maybe that's a, a sign of today's industry where technology is so important in pretty much everything you do. Uh, so my passions is, from a professional perspective, uh, I worked most of my career in the very exciting area of using internet to disrupt or kind of evolve existing ecosystems and solutions and so on. So, so that is something that makes me very exciting to to kind of replace legacy proprietary solutions with uh, internet and web-based solutions. Uh, I also have a passion for for movies and films, and maybe that's why I work in the TV and movie space. Uh, I don't know. So that's me. Perfect. Thank you, Johan. Um, and we'll come over to Marcus Riddell. All right. Hi. Um, so I'm uh, freelancing. I usually myself freelancing director of engineering uh, even though you uh, basically program but i tend to work with code but also teams and processes and improve everything together um and i'm also founding something uh, called monadium uh, basically i started coaching people maybe three five years ago something like that and now i'm trying to build a community around just coaching people that need help programmers teams and uh, build a product out of it as, as well and i guess my main passion right now um, i think the relevant uh, passions are six hour working days and uh, coding in rust um, i think rust is just like a terrific language and and with six hour working days i i, I just felt like I hit home when I started working six hour working days. I got more control of what to do with those two extra hours. And usually uh, you, you just program uh, on those as well and, and bring that value back to the company. So there's no, it's a win-win situation. So that's me. Nice, yeah. I think the, um, the kind of working environments and how many hours a day, how we'll work is so important now after, after kind of the pandemic, people are, figuring it out so yeah definitely a, a relevant passion yeah <laughs> and Sazad yes uh, thanks for uh, having me here uh, I'm Sazad and uh, I am the engineering manager at a company called Bokio it's a Swedish company based in Gothenburg and uh, like about a year uh, ago uh, the company got merged with another company called Red Flag uh, originally it was located in in Stockholm and uh, I am now sitting in Stockholm and responsible for two teams, uh, basically. They are doing like the banking as a service backend, uh, where um, basically all related type of like, you know, banking rela related type of services like credit movement, like issuing uh, cards and so on. These are the things that my team is doing. 
uh, yeah and then um, about myself i have been living in sweden for 11 years now uh, i am originally from bangladesh um, in my in my beginning of my career i have been a software engineer myself but uh, like 5 6 years i've moved more more into like leadership and manager roles uh, my passion currently is like uh, yeah making people grow in their career and like um, delivering a successful uh, engineering product oh nice thanks to that that's perfect and finally last but not least uh, marcus Yes, uh, so I'm Marcus. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm also a, a contractor. Uh, work in uh, my last gig was at Voy as an engineering manager. I have about 25 plus years in QA. And then slowly but surely, or even in the QA situation, I've been working as a team lead or something like that. But more and more, I've been more interested in, in uh, building people it's um making what makes me tick is actually seeing people uh, evolve and be happy to go to work and uh, so that's really something I, I love to do on my spare time i am a scuba diver i do uh, underwater photography a little bit when i can not too much i wish i could do more uh, but i'm on the wrong side of the Sweden, I would say, to to uh, to do this, I should be on the west coast more because uh, I'm more into nature than than wrecks. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, lovely! No, I think that's um, a really good passion, kind of scuba diving. It's something that I've recently really been interested in doing. Um, but again, over here in the UK, there's not many places <laughs> um, that's too good for that. Perfect. Well, thank you all for that brief um, introduction. Um, I think now we've established a little bit of a context into each of you. Um, let's just move on to the, the topic in focus. Now, we're all here to discuss the topic of diversity and inclusion. And I know you've each brought a question or subtopic to the conversation. So what we'll do is work around the room. I'll ask each of you to pose your question or subtopic to the rest of the panel and kind of a bit of, of interest on why you chose that topic or sub question as well, I suppose. And then we'll we'll get straight into it. Um, so I suppose let's start with um, Johan. Um, I thought yours was quite interesting. So diversity being kind of a wide concept um gender age background nationality um and kind of the question of is there too much of a focus on gender diversity um so yeah tell us more about that yeah and uh, this is actually something that struck me just the other day uh the long time after accepting uh, to uh, to be on this panel, excellent panel uh, but uh, i have been a manager for what now, 10 years, uh, managing teams from 50 persons and, and down to 10, 15. So, so I, I think I've been in the management role quite a while. And pretty much since I started, there's been a lot of talk about diversity, meaning trying to get females into to the tech organizations I have been managing. And that has been difficult many times uh, due to that. I mean, simply there are far fewer uh, females than males in this industry. But then the other day, uh, uh, we're talking to some colleagues. Two things struck me. First of all, uh, when I turned 45 uh, a while back, and one thing that has been discussed more frequently last year is age uh, discrimination, meaning that if you're, I read somewhere that if you are above 45 or older, uh, there are some employers that start to sort you out. And of course, if you just turn 45, uh, that's not exactly what you want to hear. Uh, so, so from being like male in the tech industry, meaning that I, I was, I never felt discriminated before. I realized that shit. Now I might be on the, on the side that for the first time suffers uh, uh, from this. That's one thing. Then another thing. Also, talking with some colleagues, I realized that 
throughout my career, some of the most excellent colleagues I've had has been people with diagnosis. Uh, people that would most likely, if I would run a traditional recruitment process with personality tests and so on, they would most likely have been sorted out in the personality test and not even get to the interview, or at least not the final interview and so on. And that kind of struck me because I was thinking that, that I mean, I'm talking even like founders of the companies I've been working with and managers I've had who had diagnosis and so on, and been pretty open with that. And, and so on. And I think that's that's something that we that is not addressed enough in the uh, in, in recruitment in general, that most of these standard tests and when you involve people, there's a lot of talking about your EQ as an alternative as a complement to IQ and so on. And as a matter of fact, I have a lot of people who would score pretty bad uh, on the EQ scale, but has still been critical uh, for the companies I've been working for. Uh, so I think I think that's the kind of uh, it's about time that we start thinking about inclusion from a wider perspective uh, and realize that uh, uh, that as a matter of fact, there are much, much there. There are a lot of females who would run straight through my personality tests and IQ tests and all of that. But there's a whole lot of people with diagnosis who with the other challenges that would not do that and so on. So, so that's my question: how to how to manage that in in recruitment and staffing uh, organizations? Because I think that is uh, is something that deserves a bit more attention. Is it uh, okay to jump in here? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Just, just go for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'll have opinions about most things, but 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 this is re really interesting because. Some of the, I don't know what to call it, markers are visible, some are invisible. So if you take um, gender, uh, age, those are visible. Then you have uh, other parts like di diagnosis or cultural uh, uh, belonging, stuff that isn't. And I think that some companies do have a much more diverse set of people than they know about because the people on it, in the teams don't feel comfortable being themselves. I mean, that, that's what, why we have this wave uh, in some parts, uh, uh, like in, uh, I'm working uh, working with startups. Uh, then you talk about psychological safety a lot. Uh, I think that that's one of the main things I would do, like just make uh, healthy, uh, safe teams where people can be themselves and open themselves up be themselves. Uh, I think that would just create more diversity by letting people be themselves and not just trying to look like they're, they, they fit in, in in some kind of standard uh, model. Um, but but then again, like uh, in the same way, uh, um, the question is around like, do we put too much emphasis on, on gender? I wouldn't put it that way. Because that's a, such a strong marker, and it's also like in uh, it's it's ingrained in the language, uh, it, like it, both in English and and Swedish. We have so many words, uh, and <laughs> where we just encode which gender you belong to. And now in the situation where I live, I have kids that I I don't know which pronoun they want to be uh, uh, referred to, because I don't know them that well yet. And that's a pretty new thing. So I don't know if we're, yeah. I, I, the, the gender thing is, uh, f for me, the most important part. But I, 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 we, we can't discuss just gender. I think we need to open up and, and, and uh, talk about the, the, especially the, the markers that aren't visible. Yeah, <laughs> I can add some, um, some thoughts also here. I think like, uh, if we just look back and like we all belong to the uh, like the technical industry or like the software industry and like from historical point of view we have not seen so many of like you know gender diversity uh, historical point of view right so i think from that point of from that point of view maybe it came at some point like okay diversity means like uh, gender diversity uh, and i think it's 
many cases it has been misinterpreted and i totally agree with you Johan, like and also marcus to some extent that yeah like uh, when we want to talk about like yeah the team should be diversified we talk about okay less recruit some more female team members and so on but i think we should also uh, think diversity in a broader spectrum like demographic diversity it can be age diversity so yeah i totally agree that it's it's, it's very easy to uh, be mixed up with like uh, uh, diversity with like this feminism concept and like you know more females should be in the workplace and so on i think it's it's very easy to uh, get confused yeah i mean yeah. just to comment that uh, as you said Sasa, because i think nowadays i've been working in 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 enlisted company ie on the stock exchange for a good number of years and every year we present how many females we have and how many males we have and then the question is if i if i would be the manager of two teams one team both teams are 10 persons in one team i have five females and five males all being swedish stockholm based between 30 and 35 years old and then i have another team all male but the youngest is 25 though this is 65 one or two have a diagnosis they come from different cultures and so on on paper that would not be listed as a diverse team because they do not fulfill the gender criteria that the market is looking for and the question is is that good or bad i mean which is actually the more diverse team of these two i think it's time to ask ourselves that okay well i think um i yes um you will get um the the, the team with with only male will not be diverse because uh, we and it is such a big market like marcus said um, we have to have women in in as well if we have we should we can't just cut off 50 percent of the uh population of the world i mean women also have uh, have uh, um, different kind of, of handicaps or, or, or like uh, not handicap, but, but like diagnosis. So to say that only we have 100% male with different kind of, of, uh, of um, diagnosis, and I uh, definitely I agree it doesn't cover the 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 uh, diversity uh, norm, and then it shouldn't either. Uh, but that's from my point of view. So one thing that I would love to add is also that when when we optimize for something, we de-optimize for something else. And I think that's the problem here. Like if, if, if you only optimize for gen gender equality, as John made a point, then you might lose on other things that are low-hanging fruit. So, so on that sense, I, I do believe that it is a mistake. And I don't think that by looking uh, across different dimensions, it doesn't need to negatively, um, it doesn't need to punish uh, when it comes to including women. I think that if, if you nail diversity across the board, that would be better for women as well. Yeah. 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 My point was that women also got diagnosis. So it, you can't just say that you have 100% male with diverse, with with uh, diagnosis and age perspective from 20 to, to 65. It's not. It's not cool to have that as a as a. No, it's just not okay. I think you need to bring in the whole the 100% of the earth population or gender population to bring in as get as much of, of your team as possible and of course not only look at women or only look at men or only look at kids with ADHD or or whatever it it's good with a mix because we bring so much to the table together and uh, building a team that I think that's the hardest one to get that mix to get the team to work together and, and to thrive. Uh, so, so diversity definitely helps. Uh, and I'm a white male. Uh, we've been on top top of the food chain for a long time. Uh, and so, so 
yeah, I think it needs to change. Uh, we're only, I don't know how many percent of the Earth population we are. We, we're missing out a lot, I would say, if we just had people like um, Caucasians, male, we sort of lost a lot then. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I think thank you, Johan, for the question. Um, has anybody else got anything to add on on the topic of kind of diversity as a concept? I mean, I can just then finishing up this particular question. I think Marcus uh, captured pretty well the the risk with diversity. I mean, there are a lot of good things with having diversity. The risk is when you when you decide that you want to measure diversity according to some specific template because the risk of that is that you actually penalize some other uh, some other people uh, that doesn't comply with with that particular model but we have other challenges and so on and I think this is super super difficult uh, it's just that uh, I have been uh, actively trying to build diverse team from a male female perspective for the last 10 years and just recently realized that there's a lot of other diversity I kind of never really thought actively about. Uh, and that to me, that was a kind of an eye opener that that exactly that to Marcus point. When you are asked to actively work for diversity and you have a definition of what diversity is, it might actually have been that there would have would have there are people that I should have hired instead who would have benefited more and maybe we as an organization would have benefited more as well but they does not comply with the kind of diversity model that was communicated that this is this is how we wanted to be so so this is a, it's a it's a very tricky one and of course in the end of the day i mean all of us fulfills a range of different criterias female or male being only one of them Yeah, definitely. No, I think it's a, a great, a great question and a great concept to, to kind of cover. Um, but now, yeah, let's move on to, to Marcus Riddell, your question or topic on how can you or the other leaders, I suppose, act to role model inclusion? Yeah, and uh, so, some background here. Uh, so I'm looking pretty today. Um, I, I'm bad at painting my nails I'm, I'm trying to so this is maybe like my fifth time or something uh, and it's kind of interesting because the first time you do it, it you, you kind of make a silly thing out of it uh, and and then after a while when you have done it a few more times it becomes more natural and you start to own it a bit more and that so, so that's more of a, a dare to you if you call yourself self a leader if you can't even paint your fingernails and go to work, can you really act as a role model then? So that that's um, so I, I, the, the question is specifically here. How can you and me act to role model inclusions? I don't want to be too generic about it. I, I really want to ask like what, what can I do more as a person, as an individual? So the the the, the fingernails is a really small thing, like a super really small thing, but it was hard for me to get started with. Um, another thing is when I became senior enough, I wanted to find a really good company, start asking uh, if I could wear a dress at work. And uh, nobody says no, <laughs> because regulations. But some, some, I remember one company actually said that, like, we can't say no to that question because of regulations. Then you know, like, I don't want to work here. <laughs> Uh, and my dog has been the same thing, um, asking like, can I bring my dog to work? And they're like, oh, but we have people that, that are allergic, that are afraid. Um, and every place I've brought my dog to has had people that were allergic, uh, with team members who were afraid of dogs, and we made it work. And I also signed for another company that said no, because when I asked the question, they really try to find a creative solution. They try to include me from, from, from where, where I was and what was important to me. And those kind of questions ha have really 
help me find better companies and and try to represent somebody that's 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 being like a bit like left of the norm somehow so the question is then like do you have more ideas what more can we do to actually role model and open up for all dimensions of diversity now Yeah, does anyone have any ideas for Marcus? I mean, I, I could try to answer it from a from a manager perspective because I've never, I, mean, I, I, I sorry to say, I never painted my nails uh, and uh, I don't have a dog. I have rabbits though, my, my kids have rabbits, but I never even brought that up with my employer that I want to bring the rabbits to. To the office, but if I mean what 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 we can do as persons or as managers at least in organizations to facilitate diversity, I think a couple of things to start with. Uh, there to hire, I have done that a few times. Hired people that clearly sticks out of the norm uh, on the or, I mean in the team, sometimes only to. To kind of actually to do that to get some if you will some color to the team or some, something that sticks out uh, other things i've done especially talking about gender uh, because if you are a manager in the tech space uh, if you if you decide if, if you specify the role based on how old you easily do that right if you're building a team of 10 persons you easily create the roles with similar requirements as the others in the team and sometimes you must do the other way around. Sometimes you must actually specify the role so that you can recruit with diversity to it. I.e., you might be able, you might need to to create some roles that are clearly different from the others, because that's the best way to find, uh, I mean, diversity in the entire team to have different kind of roles. So, so that is definitely something uh, I would recommend if you if you are a manager and you want to build a diverse team. Uh, yeah, so I think that's that's a couple of things. I guess you can do. Um, of course, it, yeah, you must be a manager to do that at least later of these two. But uh, but if you are, you can do that. I, I just want to point out that the problem then that I have with, with that kind of thinking is that I'm deferring. Um, I'm I'm uh, uh, okay. You're working directly with the with the job descriptions, maybe, but but it's not role modeling diversity or in inclusion um, it's a hard question but i that, that's so, so to clarify the question here or, or the topic it's like how can we own it just by ourselves and not like hiring for inclusion but starting with ourselves i guess not being judgmental is one of those things um uh, really um open-minded to whatever people are interested in or uh, whatever their what tick their box so to speak and uh, encourage them to, to to talk about themselves I mean have these talks in, in a social environment as an and as a leader you talk when you talk to your uh, your um, your team you just have an open and trusty trusting uh, environment so they can open up and start talking and be not have any sort of uh, judging on you at all so whatever you throw at me I'll, i will accept it i will not but that takes a lot of uh uh it, it takes time to build that trust for because uh, to get that trust from the engineers um I think that's the way one of them could work. Uh, I always start my uh, with my team. If I come into a team as a team leader or as an engineering manager, I give them my trust, and then I have to earn their trust. They always have my trust, uh, whatever. But I have to work so they. They start trusting me and they can open up. So there's a lot of social ties, a lot of one-to-ones or whatever, easy talks and, and bringing up stuff. Uh, talking about family, talking about 
whatever kid talking about dogs talking about you name it food clothes yeah anything just be there for them listen to them and that will bring in um i think that would be at least that's how i work with it Nice. And, and Cezad, have you got any um, kind of comments or ideas on this one? Mm, not really. I think uh, it's well covered by what uh, what uh, Marcus uh, Marcus said, and also what uh, Johanna has mentioned so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's a it's a tricky question to be honest. It's um it's I've never had someone kind of frame it in terms of what can you actually do in terms of your own actions but no it's a it's an interesting one to think about so definitely thank you for that one Marcus um, and Cezad we'll come to your question on um, on this topic which again I thought was there's some really interesting ideas here um, and yours was focusing on how does Gen Z and Millennials differ from kind of the the Gen X in terms of male leaders and their roles towards diversity um so yeah tell us more about that one yeah i mean i don't know which uh, generation i do i do belong like by by number of course i i more belong to i think uh, uh, gen uh, uh, more like millennials right so from from that point of view like uh, uh, i actually think that like diversity as i was saying in the beginning that diversity should not be only uh, adding more female female people uh, or female uh, population in the team and so on. Um, and uh, from my like few experience with working with some startups, uh, with some like really young people, young entrepreneurs and so on, they also think diversity in a broader spectrum. And also like for, for them, what I have experienced, at least in my uh, very little experience, that uh, they want to focus on like finding the right talent, finding the right, like, you know, complemented, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, the competence in the team so that that can bring like success, not like focusing on something in the beginning. So uh, from from that perspective, and also like when I looked at like different studies, different research, I see like the newer generation, their, their view of leadership, their view of like diversity is quite like fluid and quite like, you know, uh, sort of like, um how to select self going compared to what like the previous generation have been have been thinking and have been formulated so to say so my question to everyone in the in the in this forum like you know what's your sort of like uh, views or what's your experience in terms of like you know if this uh, if the their approach to to diversity has been different depending on the generations and so on Yeah, I know I could go first. I mean, if to start with, yes, uh, diversity is definitely different among different generations. And uh, uh, I don't know if it's a luxury, but yeah, I guess it is. I've, I've had the luxury to to manage also much, much older people uh, than myself. Uh, so I, got, I guess they are the generation before X, even whatever that is called. Uh, and of course, I mean this the perspective of diversity and the importance of it, I think have changed a lot. So I mean, maybe the generation X was the generation where diversity was introduced as something that needs to be addressed. I, I like to think that in a generation set, it comes much more natural that they don't look at diversity from the same perspective because maybe they come from a I don't know, from a, a social context that is more diverse. I think that that's what the internet involves, right? If you if you have friends and contacts on the internet, you have friends from across the globe, you have different cultures, so the world got smaller. And in a smaller world, you uh, you realize that diversity is is it's not strange and it's good and so on. So so that that's my feeling. I have never really reflected that. Uh, actively on how what that means when building organizations but i have clearly seen that the perspective on diversity differs in different uh, from different generations and ages and, and, and so on 
So I don't know the answer to your question, but I can definitely acknowledge that that uh, there is such uh, difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and do you think like we have to adjust our mindset, our sort of like leadership, right, uh, leadership like approach uh, for the coming new generations and so on? If you ask me, yes, but I don't know if that has to do with diversity. I, I, I think managing people in different kind of generations is very, very different to manage people that are like 25 years old compared to 45 years old, <laughs> for good and bad. Uh, so, so for sure, whether there's a, to me, whether I re noticed a, a particular gender aspect, I haven't thought about that. I guess there is, but I haven't thought about that. I don't know about the, the others uh on the panel i mean i mean growing up um definitely i i was uh, there's been such a difference in in, in uh, like you said you want in uh in uh diversity i mean uh, we were when i was uh, in school we had two foreigners in my school two the rest were, were blonde and blue-eyed boys and girls running around basically and today, if I look at my kids' schools, there's, of course, it depends on where you are, but there's a big, I actually envy them. They get this, this big pot of different um, culture to work with, to, to, to learn from. And it's like, damn, I wish I had that when I was a kid, because there's so much knowledge and so much interesting stuff happening in those uh, constellations um but if if that like you said in as a leading i don't know i don't i don't really measure i don't think about that when i, I as a leader uh, at all i just go in and see what i can help out with i don't put that into us i know it's there but i don't focus on that but i want that yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's a tricky one. And I'm an X, but I don't think I, 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 I behave like a Generation X, uh, actually. There's <laughs> something else. Because um, I love culture and I love meeting people and learning from other different uh, areas. I've been traveling the world. I've seen six continents. So, yeah, that, that's me. It depends on where you've been to, I guess. No. Sorry, I'm babbling. I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, I, it's good to know that you are being diversified by the diversified like uh, population, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. So from from my perspective, um, I would say that from a diversity perspective, uh, young, younger leaders uh, uh, seem to be better uh, and it seems to be a, like a, a agreement in, in in the panel on that something though that i would give to the older generations is that if i want to work uh, in a tech team as a programmer uh, in a modern agile lean whatever we don't just just modern way i would not trust the young leaders because they usually do the same mistakes as we've done leadership way back. So when I'm trying to learn how to uh, work in, in, in an efficient way that's more like empathetic and, and just creating safe teams, I find that I go back to like Goldrat and, and uh, uh, Deming and, and those kind of like things, like check out Google Redbeard experiment with, with Deming. And that's like an, uh, I think 1980s uh, show that episode and the Deming is like 80 years old or something. And that's still about like having people uh, being engaged in their teams and, 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 and not just measuring stuff. Um, there's so much knowledge on how, how to do things better, but it feels like like the, the Sisyphus just like rolling up the the, the ball and it's fall, fall down to, to the next generation and they start bringing it up again. So I do think that we need 
a lot of experience um, when it comes to setting a, a, an inclusive leadership where people can be themselves. So may, maybe looking at those unseen markers now. Um, so I think that when it comes to may, maybe including people with the diagnosis and, and uh, uh, non-binary people, uh, um, whatever, uh, um, I think that I would trust people that have uh, that are a bit older and have more leadership experience. Okay, but, but may I, I mean, when I was a kid, those didn't exist. There was no non-binary in the vocabulary. There was no one who had a, a diagnosis. They were troublesome kids, yeah, right? They were there, they couldn't sit still. They were fighting in the classroom and so forth. I mean. Those kids today have a, have a diagnosis, so you can help them, and they can get the, their support they need. The support they need. My my son is has ADHD and is also have a speech disability, and the time we've been fighting to get his the support for him now is it's good, but it took a while. But before that would didn't exist, and you know twenty percent. About 10% of the population have some sort of diagnosis, but 20% of the people in prison have a diagnosis. Put that in perspective. I mean, so, it, yes, it, it, is, it, it is what it is. We, we've learned, and I'm glad we're doing that, and this diversity is a very important thing. And like you said, you want to bring these people in, to use them, not, sorry, not use, to get them engaged and work with, with us and bring their stuff onto the field. It's it's awesome. We have, there's a consulting company called Unicus who does this with kids that have uh, Asperger's. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you had a fair point, Marcus. While there's more focus on diversity today than I guess ever. At least in my role, it's actually easier than ever as well to actually accommodate that because I've been working with internet technology for 20 years. 20 years ago, if we were about to hire someone who knew anything about internet, try to find a female. It was impossible, I tell you, like in the 1999 or 2000, because all of these were like, I guess, like myself, geeks who have been working with computers in the mid 80s, right? Starting with that. And there were not many women then. So trying to find females that could anything about internet technology back then was extremely difficult. Now there are not too many, but significantly more than 20 years ago in proportion. Uh, and then and to your point, Marcus, I mean, all those. Uh, Diagnosis that didn't even exist as a diagnosis 20 years ago. They were only considered to be difficult people to deal with. If you if you know what kind of diagnosis they have, or even know that there is such concept as diagnosis, then it's much easier to try to build both organizations and actual positions that fits with these different special needs, but also special uh, uh, capacities, right? Because most of, most of the time, these people have, have extraordinary capacities if you just find how to use that. Uh, so, so I think that that's, that's the positive side with, with this, that it's actually easier now uh, to accommodate for diversity than it was 10 years ago, I think. Nice. And has anyone got anything um, else to add? I think just listening there, there's a, it's kind of a, like a key theme that we're constantly learning, like we're constantly learning and improving, and especially when it comes to the the topic of diversity. Um, but yeah, anything else to add from anyone? 
Okay, so we'll move over to to the final question from from Marcus now, um, and this is such a big big question, um, and it's how do we get leaders to understand that you do have to focus more on inclusion and and diversity. Um, so yeah, Marcus, take us away with that one. Yeah, I mean, I've been coming from Voy at the moment, where we actually had a, a had a good TA team and also had a good communication with what we wanted to bring in inclusion into the team. But we still failed uh, because our ads recruiting were just were just wrong. Uh, they were they were they were used the wrong words basically when we started to sort it out. Uh, so even if you wanted to, we sort of failed in the beginning, but we got that on track after a while. But then we had uh, an understanding from a, gener a younger generation how to do this. There were young leaders, there's, they're about 30, 35 years old, the, the founders of the company, and they had that mindset, which helped a lot for us to bring in these people. But I've also been in another situation where... The, <laughs> where there's either banking, insurance, uh, telecom. Well, telecom is pretty good in, when it comes to inclusion, when it comes to uh, um, um, different culture. Uh, female, with, uh, I don't know, I was like 1999 or 2000, I quit, so I don't know how it now, but it was pretty bad then. Um, but to lift this and get this get everyone to understand that this is actually something we're losing out on uh, if we don't bring these people in. Um, I think we still have to fight, but I don't know how to, uh, what more do we need to do? You, when you've been, you've been leading people, you said up to 50, 50 people. I've only had like 16 people under, under me. So you have a bigger groups, but what would you do and what's your, how do you lift it up to your your uh, managers, leaders? I I, um, I I think I kind of slipped into that earlier as well. But but there's a, to start with, I realized after a while that the uh, the value with diversity is not only that you can recruit more people who are good at what they are doing if you have a diverse kind of perspective it's also that the others in the team often performs better in an environment where you have diversity so so that was i think a number of years ago when i started to realize that one thing i can do in order to cater for getting diversity into teams is to make sure that i create different roles in these teams that enables me to recruit in a diverse fashion because all roles in the team will perform better if you have the diversity in the end uh, so being in like a very tech-centric industry uh, as I've been uh, I think throughout my career I have sometimes recruited people I mean, created roles that doesn't require necessary a very tech-heavy background even in teams that are tech heavy and then recruited people to those roles that if you are a developer i mean these are recruiting non-developers into developer organizations which might sound very very odd right but sometimes you should try that uh, because you will realize that the developers actually start to perform better also when they have these kind of roles in the team and of course, if you have 10 persons, you can't, if you have a developer organization and you have 10 persons, you can't have maybe five roles being non-developers. There's a good chance that that will not be a very super optimized development organization. But maybe you can create one role that doesn't necessarily have to be someone who writes code uh, and so on. And uh, meaning you can create a role that is easier to recruit to from a diversity perspective. So to that I've done with great success actually uh so so that is something i would strongly recommend if you can't fit your if you can't staff your role the roles you have with uh, diversity create some roles that caters for that uh another thing i mean now i said i have the very strange situation that i happen to be a cto and a cmo so i have one team 
and, and don't blame me for this. Now, so I have one team that is eight persons, whereas seven are guys and there's one girl. So not very diverse. Then I have another team, which is the marketing team. The five persons. And I am the only guy. The rest of females. So, so net net, I have a pretty good diversity, right? I mean, if I sum up my entire organization, I'm quite okay. I have some 30, 40% females, but they are doing very different things. And and trust me, the kind of the meetings and discussions we have are also very different, uh, both due to the actual context, I mean the actual purpose of the organization, but also due to the to what kind of people are in it. But the advantage with that is that sometimes we can do stuff together. Sometimes we can have like team building or we can have like workshops where we run a full day workshop. And I mix the CTO office with the marketing team, uh, which is fantastic because suddenly we get not only more diverse staffing, you also get new perspectives and stuff. So, so I think that sometimes you need, I and mean, that's a luxury if you're leading a big organization, that sometimes you can mix if, if you can't, for the various reasons, build diversity in a particular team, try to fix diversity somewhere else and make sure that you introduce processes or ways of working where you now and then mix these teams so you get diversity on the organizational level, even though you don't have it in each and every team. Uh, it's not the best. The best is if you can have diversity in the teams, but it is the second best. And sometimes we should be... We shouldn't let the second best be the enemy of the best. I really like that way you're mixing the C the the CMO and the CTO or the, the marketing and technology because we never get that communication. We there's like it's hard to get that that um, uh, to get them to meet. But if you can, if, the way you did it, it sounds like awesome. I would like to work there. I mean, I would, it's like. Perfect. Uh, we have some vacancies. These... I can send you some <laughs> <laughs> descriptions later. Because it's like, well, well, yeah, well, but it's like, it, it, I think it sounds great. It's a good idea. I, I love it. I'll, I'll, um, I'll think about it and I'll probably um, try it out if I get a chance. Yeah. Yeah, from my perspective, I'm. <laughs> This was the, the question that I kind of noticed when I got them beforehand. Um, I think I, I need to shock and say change leaders. And maybe that's a bit unfair. But like, what's the point? Like, if we start there, like change the leaders. Find the right leaders instead. And, and, and that's the, like the, the, the angry uh, uh, comment. But there's some depth to it more than just like kicking people out. But it's like, why do we have leaders? Like, th they should represent the direction of the team. And if they're doing that in a non-diverse way, like, why are you even a leader at an organization? What's your purpose for being there? And uh, the, the danger is that if we start to try to get those that are failing, if, if, if by my definition, you're failing at leadership. So if, if I'm that leader, failing uh, uh, with uh, uh, being diverse and including all people that could work for us. Um, and my organization tries to support me, to keep me there. Who's going to support me? Uh, well, I, I don't understand women, so we take a woman, put me hierarchically underneath me, and I get their support. They, they look at my job bad and they make it better. And, I'm the leader. I'm the one that gets all the credits. I'm the one that stands on top. And, and on my CV, it will say like, I'm the big bad uh, <laughs> white dude who, who gets all the credit here for us being diverse and inclusive. That's not good. Uh, so so <laughs> I think that that uh, we should be creative as uh, in the same spirit that you one introduced before. And we don't need to kick everyone, but th there are simple ways. Like when I was a kid doing martial arts, you try to rotate the leader a lot. And I've seen this in agile teams as well. Just rotate the leader because 
like if, if, uh, a common thing, at least the startups, I don't know with, with more enterprisey companies, uh, is that like you, you start really small and you have uh, some programmers early on getting domain knowledge. And they do all the hard work, then you add some more people, but the one with the domain knowledge becomes the leaders. They do all the hard work and you get kind of like leader starvation. Um, so now you have team leads and, and you have the rest that don't, doesn't know, they're not included in the same processes because you don't rotate the leadership. Uh, the next step is that you need to scale the company a bit more. Now you have three layers. Uh, they either like step up and then you need like a, a, another manager in between, but nobody's trained to take that leadership. You need to take them from the outside. So usually that's where I jump in uh, as like the freelancing director of engineering to say like, damn it, you, you did a mistake two years ago by not training and, and integrating leadership into uh, uh, the white belts, uh, if you go back to the to, to, to martial arts style, but the beginners. So last time I was uh, handling things, the junior people were leading the team on a regular basis. And you can just step back and let them do their mistakes and catch them and say like, yeah, I got your back. You can go and lead. Uh, and I've heard some like mob program teams call it like being a rear admiral. So trying to just like go behind the curtain and whisper stuff and let someone else take the limelight. And in that way, you can actually be a leader yourself and change out yourself without getting fired. So. That would be my suggestion, rotate. Yeah, I think like rotating uh, leaders, that sounds like a uh, promising uh, measures to take. But on the other hand, I also think like everyone in the in the organization has their own capacity to take initiative, right? In terms of like uh, influencing the other leaders to be more diversified and so on. So everyone has their own a domain has their own capacity and then from that point of view uh, we can all like find out like the low-hanging fruits uh, the things that we can uh, easily solve we can improve and then uh, bring data and like present to the our leaders okay this is like how we are um, getting like improvement we are how we are getting like changes and so on uh, Probably that 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 can help to to uh, take uh, help them to take a lesson like yeah this this how the organization can um, do better in terms of diversity in terms of inclusion and so on. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you've you've got some really good points there. Um, I think it's been been interesting getting kind of different opinions on this one as well. Um, but I think, do, does anybody have any final points on on any of these topics at all? I mean, I could have a final point on the last question because to me, I mean, I mean now I, I had a long preach uh, in my previous answer, but I think despite all the the kind of noise and all the demand and so on for diversity, as a manager, the most important thing is to understand that the goal is not diversity. The goal is to have an efficient team that performs at their best. And you reach that by diversity. So you shouldn't recruit with diversity in order to get diversity. You should recruit with diversity in order to get a highly functional team. And, and I think that's a mistake many managers do. Many managers, they start looking at the kind of KPI style diversity uh, they have and so on and, and kind of misses the entire point. And, and uh, yeah, so, so I, I think that so be, if you have responsibility for building teams and managing teams, I, I think that's very important to don't make the diversity itself being the goal. Uh, have is building good teams as the goal and diversity the mean getting there. So um, maybe I want to be a devil's advocate, uh, or at least not saying that it's wrong because I think that you're right. Uh, I see 
it being a two-edged sword that the more diverse you are usually ends up causing more friction and it can be a positive friction that's that, that that's at least uh, what, what i want in a team i want uh, people that can challenge each other and then you get a foothold uh, with that friction that brings you forward uh, if you get too many perspectives and 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 uh, they clash uh, you get nowhere and i see that as kind of the perspective why people don't want to have too much diversity it feels scary because you will have more friction that might clash and slow down the team so anyone have thoughts on that i think that's absolutely true as a matter of fact i would argue that there there, there is for sure a diversity that you can go too far in diversity right so so you uh, which might be a danger if you make diversity the main goal because diversity is not the main goal if you're employed at the company as a manager the main goal is to <laughs> is is to provide that function at at its best uh, so i think it's a it's a very good point that uh, if if you try too hard you might actually end up with a full team that is very disappointed instead Yeah, I, I guess I agree too. That, but don't hire for just. I mean, you've got to hire to to what you want to deliver, uh, and to see what you have and what fits with the team you have, uh, and, and from there on, you you uh, pick in the people. And that comes with uh, social skills. There's just not, it's just not. Uh, uh, diversity in, in it is it's a lot of things in there that you go way in as when you do your rec recruitment to make sure that they have the same kind of view as the rest of the team or the company uh, whatever that might be That's, so they fit in and it's not only and there might be that you don't have a, a, a woman that fits in or, or a man that fits in or someone from another country country or someone with a whatever uh, um, diagnosis that, that can't just at this time fit in uh, today and that's what we require so yes not only look at diversity but we have to have that in mind when we hire um, I think it's it's like a it's like Jin, Jin and Jang, really. It's, it's, not, it's not black and white. So uh, for me, I think that, so, so I want to point out the devil's advocate part because I'm actually on the side where I might accept some uh, de-optimization for performance in, on, on a team level for a bit higher diversity. And that's just because I don't trust any metrics that has with team performance to do so. So, and I do trust that I'm biased and that I don't have all like uh, I don't know what I'm biased against. I'm blind to my own biases. Based on that, I need okay. to just like bump diversity a bit extra to compensate for that. Even though I think that the that the team might perform worse because I I did like go go too far with diversity. Maybe it was because of another reason. Maybe it's a local uh, maxima that will sort itself out in time and then we will perform better. I don't know. So, yeah. But what were you optimizing for? You were optimizing for diversity. For... In, I would say inclusion is a better word in that, in that take, uh, because like if we over optimize for team performance, we might exclude people that should be allowed. Uh, if you just look at regulations and or, or like ethics, morals, uh, like the more philosophical uh, philosophy side of it, um, I would claim that you have no right to exclude people. Yeah. And uh, and given, as I said, like the biases and the problems that we have with with, with uh, uh, how like white male uh, uh, dominant we are it, it is a tricky situation and i wouldn't trust myself 
to 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 find uh, uh, some kind of perfect balance between diversity and performance. Mm. Maybe I'm too 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 inexperienced. I know when we hired, we looked at uh, okay, are you are you a socially competent? Do you fit? Would you like? Will you fit in? And no matter because the. Uh, so if you're an engineer or developer, it doesn't matter. Okay, you don't know to, to program Golang, but that's not the problem. Uh, it takes it's very easy to learn a new language, but to learn the social skills, that takes time. So if you don't have the social skills or whatever you're requiring uh, to work in the team, if you don't have that, it's going to take a lot of time for you to work to, to get that. But the technical stuff you can learn pretty quick and be up and running with the help from the team. So we the, we actually put more emphasis on how would this person uh, work within uh, in the team or at this company that I was at. That was more important than what the technical skills were. And that, I mean, the teams I had was pretty good, delivered very well, I would say. Um, close to high performance. And then, then what do you put in high performance? That's a, how do you measure that? Uh, there's so much stuff, but they were good. They delivered solid stuff. And they were, they did, they had, we had one, uh, one incident in half a year. So, I mean, code was stable. Everything was running smoothly. There was no problem there. More focus on people can work together than what they actually have as a technical background. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thought. What something I picked up on there was kind of hiring for skills, hiring for profile, hiring for, for diversity, inclusion. It's kind of like, is there a trade off? Is there a balance? Um, but I think from definitely from this question, so thank you for, for bringing it, Marcus, is how complex the situation of diversity and inclusion definitely is. Um, but I mean, thank you all. I think that hour and hour and 10, whatever it's been, has absolutely th flown by. Um, and it seems like we could continue talking on this for forever. Um, but let's leave it there. I mean, thank you so much to um, all, all four of you, Marcus, Marcus, Johan, Cezard, um, you've really provided some good insights into the topic um, and I'm sure all the listeners will be really interested to, to kind of tune in. So yeah, thank you for that.